How one cause of the monarch butterfly's decline may be sitting in your driveway in this episode of the Texas Green Report, a production of Green Source DFW and the Menmazine Institute. I'm Marshall Hensley. The monarch butterfly is one of North America's most treasured species. Vibrant and beautiful, the monarch population heads out each spring in a migration that spans thousands of miles, from Mexico into Texas and all the way through the United States, finally ending in Canada by summertime. In the fall, the butterflies head back south, passing through Texas by October and reaching central Mexico by December, where they wait out the winter. The monarch is the only insect in the world that's known to embark on such a massive migration. Such a lengthy trip, though exposes the monarch to multiple threats that have decimated its population over the last several decades. Habitat loss, insecticides, and increasingly frequent extreme weather events are the main culprits for the monarch's race toward extinction. But researchers in Texas have pinpointed another hazard worth looking into, your car. That's according to Dr. Robert Colson, professor of entomology at Texas A&M University. It turns out that the millions of cars and trucks incessantly coursing through the state's highways wipe out a substantial percentage of the monarch population as it makes its way through Texas. We have a a good estimate in the in the in the fall migration, and it is about it's millions of butterflies, and the it amounts to about four percent of the population that actually uh, successfully returns to the overwintering sites in central Mexico, so it's a huge number of insects. Colson studies the rate of monarch mortality along the state's highways and says the data shows that the phenomenon of monarchs being taken out by passing windshields indicates that we need to look for a solution if the species has any hope to survive. Working with the Texas Comptroller's Office and the Texas Department of Transportation, Colson and his research team have traveled the state's highways during the fall monarch migration, stopping at strategic points along the way to count the number of dead and dying butterflies they find on the side of the road. Essentially what we've done is broken the state down into three sections, a north, central, and southern section, and we put together a, uh, a route, a road network, and we drive that, that uh, route, and well, every 30 to 100 kilometers we'll stop uh, and take a 100-meter uh, section of that road walk the roadway and count the dead butterflies along the uh, the margins of the road and then pick up and move another 40 to 100 kilometers down the road and do it again and what we in doing that what we found out is is that a lot of the mortality is clustered in what we've referred to as hot spots and basically they are areas of concentration where the mortality is very high and in those hot spots you know we're not sure why they occur or where they occur, or the factors that are responsible for their occurrence. Where we start to see them uh, uh, occur in in large numbers are in the southern part of the state, as just as the and along the the there, well, there are two flyways. There's the central flyway and the coastal flyway. Along the coastal flyway, the uh, mortality occurs on causeways, or that's where we've identified these hot spots to be. Uh, in the uh, central flyway, it's the, most of them are clustered out into the western part of the flyway uh, and, and uh, around Del Rio, for example, is one of the areas. Interstate 10 
is is a major area where these hot spots have been identified. The hot spots seem to move from year to year. So what Colson is trying to do is to determine if there are ways that researchers can predict where they'll occur so that preventative measures can be put into place before the monarchs pass through. But first he has to find the hot spots and learn more about what makes them happen. To do this, he's calling on Texans to report where they encounter hot spots in their travels. What Texas citizens could do is if they would email me uh, their experience with uh, where they encountered uh, uh, butterflies uh, while they were driving. If you ever pass through such a hot spot, you can report the location to Dr. Colson by emailing him at r c o u l s o n at tamu.edu. It's interesting that, that that if you've ever been in one of those experiences where you're driving through a cloud of butterflies and you're killing them with your car, it's an indelible um, experience and one one that uh, people are, are have been uh, really. Um, uh, forthcoming in terms of sharing that experience with us. And so what we'll do is go out and identify where those hot spots are. And then we're looking for explanations for why they occur where they do. Are there topographic variables, for example, uh, that funnel the, um, the, the insects uh, into a specific location? And, you know, what are the variables that are associated with uh, those hot spots and how recurrent are they? Those are the sorts of things that we're interested in trying to find out in our new study. Colson says that once the hot spots are better understood, the work of coming up with measures that will reduce monarch mortality along Texas's highways belongs to the Texas Department of Transportation. Their task, however, has very little precedent. So what they come up with will contribute to what we can turn to for wildlife protection strategies from now on. Our role here with TechStop and with our TechStop project is to investigate uh, the different kinds of strategies that have been used to mitigate roadkill for all taxa. And most of that um, literature centers around uh, mammals and birds and reptiles to some degree, uh, and but it really doesn't include a lot of information about um, uh, specifically oriented to uh, insects. Uh, there are a couple of examples, or one good example from Taiwan, where uh, the approach that was used successfully was to provide netting, which uh, caused the insect to fly up above the road uh, rather than through it. And in that particular case, for that particular insect, uh, they could re- they really reduced the amount of roadkill mortality. That would be one strategy that could be done. Uh, there, there are many different tactics that have been looked at. Um, one of them, another one that is likely to be valuable for um, monarchs is to strategically plant um, uh, flowering plants and milkweed species uh, in ways away from areas where roadkill mortality occurs. Now, that, our, our role here is, is, is not to make that decision. That's a text.com call. And as for headlines that seem to pop up each year suggesting that the monarch is on the rebound. The eastern uh, migrating population is clearly endangered or threatened, I guess would be the better word. The populations in in the overwintering sites have declined uh, over 80% in the last 23 years. And so it's at a a critical stage where um, that population uh, could uh, diminish and, and could go away.
There is no indication that the population is increasing. It, it's variable. Like last year, the overwintering sites, there were more. Uh, uh, six, there was a greater successful migration last year uh, than in previous years, and so there's a great deal of variation around the mortality associated with the, the, the final migration, how many finally get to Mexico. So that number uh, jumps around, but there's a huge amount of variation associated with it. So just because you had one good year of, uh, of, of or one good successful year doesn't necessarily mean that there's a change in the trajectory of the population. It's just one data point uh, out of many over a long period of time. Colson says his work with the monarch butterflies has been rewarding. He's gained a greater sense of awe for the monarch's ability to migrate and says it would be a huge loss if the monarch should vanish. The, the insect overwinters in, in central Mexico in oyamel fir trees. And in the spring, they move from that to those sites in Mexico through Texas. And they reproduce two times in Texas. And then they disperse up into the Midwest and all the way to the East Coast and all the way to Canada. And they reproduce two more times uh, during that part of the migration. And then in the fall, they start moving back towards Texas. Now, those same individuals, the ones that start to move back, some of them travel as much as 3,000 miles to get to the overwintering sites in Mexico. The same insect. Okay, they get to Mexico they overwinter in Mexico, and those same individuals, now the ones that made the 3,000-mile trek, turn around and return to Texas to start the next generation. That is unique amongst all migration strategies that all organisms in the rest of the world have. It is totally, completely unique and, and phenomenal. Um, uh, and so if you're, if you, that that's my take on it. I mean, it's just, it's so uh absolutely complicated it's uh, uh, it seems unlikely that that would be a, 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 a migration pathway like that or a migration phenomenon like that uh could evolve and but it did i'm an entomologist uh, by trade and i've had um, an opportunity to work on many different kinds of insects most of them are pest insects insects that either kill your trees or take your food or deliver a, a disease to you. And uh, a lot of entomology centers around those kinds of organisms. Monarch butterflies represent the first organism that I've ever worked on that everybody likes. You know, it's a, it's a um, as I said, it's a spiritual uh, sort of thing to many people. And the idea that you could work on a, an insect that uh, so many people associate with, if I can do something through our research program uh, that can uh, help protect that insect and preserve that, uh, that migration phenomenon, I feel uh, really blessed to be able to do that. For the Texas Green Report, I'm Marshall Hensley. You can learn more about what Texans are doing to protect the monarch butterfly at greensourcedfw.org.